0: The Eco Right Speaks podcast is your conservative home for weekly climate news, interviews, points of view, climate heroes, jesters, and so much more. We'll share the stories of people leading in their local communities and around the country. Welcome to the Eco Right Speaks podcast. It's brought to you by RepublicEN.org. Hello, and welcome to the Eco Right Speaks
1: your climate-focused podcast produced by the team at RepublicEN.org. I'm your host, Chelsea Henderson. Today, I'm talking to two of the co-founders of High Schoolers for Carbon Dividends. You may have heard of Students for Carbon Dividends, as we have featured their co-founders on our show. Well, you guessed it. This is the high school version. HS4CD is a student-led campaign created to amplify youth leadership on climate change, advance the carbon dividend solution, and open the door to a bipartisan environmental breakthrough. They have over 700 co-founders from all 50 states and from across the political spectrum. I couldn't talk to all 700 of them, but I am bringing you my conversation with Rowie Nornberg and Catherine Mezzalingua. Catherine is a senior at Manlius Pebble Hill in upstate New York. In addition to being a co-founder and vice president of high schoolers for carbon dividends she's a secretary general for her school's model un conference a president of z club a female empowerment club at her school and a captain of the girls varsity soccer team roe nornberg is the founding president and executive director of high schoolers for carbon dividends since co-founding the organization in late 2019 Roey has overseen its growth from just a few student leaders to over 700 of the country's top scholars from all 50 states. Originally from New York, he's currently a freshman at Columbia University studying political science. Without further ado, listeners, my conversation with Roey and Catherine. Welcome back listeners. As I promised, I'm sitting here in conversation with Roe and Catherine, the two co-founders of High Schoolers for Carving Dividends that I described in the introduction. So welcome to the show, guys.
2: Thank you so much for having us.
1: So I was surprised when our friends at Students for Carbon Dividends made this announcement that their reach had expanded to include high schoolers. Were you both in on the front lines of that expansion?
2: Yes, very much so. So uh, yeah, Catherine and I have both been involved in leading high schoolers for carbon dividends uh, pretty much since its inception. Um, We grew out of uh, a little bit out of Students for Carbon Dividends, very much inspired by the hard work that they had. Um, And yeah, launched very recently at the end of August. Um, With over seven hundred co-founders from all fifty states, uh, red states, blue states, big schools, small schools, um, and really across the political spectrum, Um, and so yeah, very excited to be here. Thank you for having us here. Did you
3: guys know each other before? No, no. I think um, I think one of the perks of being a part of an organization that includes over seven hundred students across um, across the U.S. is that you meet so many different people. I've met um, I met someone from Alaska, which. I don't think many people can say, um, and so I'm I'm very fortunate where that.
1: I live, where do you live right now?
3: Um, I live in Upstate New York.
1: You don't really get much farther apart.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so no, we didn't we didn't know each other before.
1: So Catherine, what inspired you to want to get involved and in the carbon dividends world? It sounds like such a wonky thing. And as I mentioned, when we were chatting before the show, I I have a teenager who's in high school and I have a college student, they care about climate change, but I don't know that they care enough to co-found an organization.
3: (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, first of all, I've always been very interested in politics. And, um, and so, you know, my interest was there. I just wasn't you know, really, um, really committed to it until, um, you know, I had met Rowie and I got a little bit more, you know, interested in the organization. So I took on more of a leadership role and um, and through meeting students from all over, um, leading onboarding calls, um, leading different state teams uh, over the summer, you know, working um, as a summer intern, I, I really was able to dive deep into the movement and through talking to so many students that were as interested as I came to be. I think that's what that's what um, you know, propelled my interest even further. Um, and so I think a lot of it has been talking to other students and, and feeding off of their energy.
1: Roe, are there any states that it was hard to pick up? You said you have 700 co-founders from all 50 states. Were there any states that you found more challenging?
2: Yes, there were. And it was uh, sort of a random assortment. I think generally the lower population states were uh, the ones that were just most difficult to pick up just because of brute numbers. Um, but one thing, just, just to add on to Catherine's comment, I think also sort of talks about uh, some of the states that were more difficult to pick up is, what I think one of the things that makes high schoolers with carbon dividends so unique uh, is that it really was able to bring so many students to the table and to the climate discussion. So, you know, there, are, there is a sizable chunk of the coalition that are environmentalists and have been involved in it for a while, but also a lot of students room it's their first time ever being involved in the environmental world. Uh, Who other, you know, youth environmental groups just never spoke to in a certain way. Um, And so HS4C was really successful in bringing everyone to the table, bringing everyone along, regardless of political beliefs or ideologies. And, um, you know, that was something that resonated in all 50 states. And I think that was ultimately why we were able to get even those smaller states
1: one thing that i think is really interesting about working on climate change that is different now than when i first got involved when you guys were probably just little toddlers um is that it isn't just an environmental issue anymore right it's an everything issue so it touches the economy it you know when i think about the bills that are that they have to do here in washington a farm bill a transportation bill there's really no topic that doesn't touch climate change in some regard.
2: Totally, totally. And we actually spoke with uh, some student leaders. I have had conversations with student leaders from all over the place who've, you know, climate change has affected their lives in so many different ways, right? Like in Delaware, a student leader who, uh, you know, their roads were flooding. Uh, Delaware is like the state with the lowest, I think, mean elevation in the country and their roads were flooding and people weren't able to get to school. Or uh, in Utah, skiers uh, who's, you know, they're seeing their ski mountains, facing economic difficulties and you know their livelihoods are centered around uh tourism and skiing so i think it's totally right it's affecting people in a way that it never has before um, and i think that's why so many young people are excited and uh, eager to act
1: so would you guys say that you had been studying and hearing about climate change since you were first in science classes in elementary school is it something that you've been taught your whole lives
3: yeah um Yeah, my last science class, I think in eighth grade, I remember my teacher going through her regular curriculum and then she would consistently add, but, you know, because of climate change and because of, um, you know, global warming and whatever else. And she would alter the curriculum. And I think by the end of the year, she had said that curriculum was like no other, you know, just because of the changing times.
1: And I think that's really interesting when you have to um, make up uh, your curriculum as you go and kind of by contrast, I was in college when the Soviet Union collapsed and I was about to take a class called the USSR today. I was an international relations major and the professor was like, well, there is no USSR, so we're just going to make it up as we go. So, yeah, I appreciate it when a teacher or professor can pivot like that and really address an issue. What is High School for Carbon Dividends? I mean, I know that you're for the carbon dividend plan, the Baker Schultz plan that your um, your elders and students for carbon dividends support, and then also Young Conservatives for Carbon Dividends and the Climate Leadership Council. So I love this sort of tiered system that there's something for every um, kind of demographic to be part of, but what are you gonna do to spread the message or, and build support for the movement?
2: Yeah, for sure. So I think uh, totally right to point out that different structure, and it was something we were very much inspired by. Um, You know, when High Schoolers for Carbon Dividends was started in my junior year of high school, um, I had sort of heard about, you know, the economist statement for carbon dividends, and that was what sparked my interest and really drove me to create this uh, organization. And so very much building up on the work of these groups, I think uh, High Schoolers for Carbon Dividends has done work in many different ways to advance the message. Uh, We launched, like I mentioned earlier, in August, um, we're able to land, you know, front page uh, op-ed in Real Clear Energy, uh, written by two uh, co-founders of High Schoolers for Carbon Dividends, actually a national economics champion uh, and a national science fair uh, competition champion. So really high-profile student leaders who uh, had come around to the carbon dividend solution. And I think that was really just the start. We have a lot of work up ahead of us. Um, recently had op-eds published. Um, in Indiana and in Delaware and in states all over the country, um, where student leaders who are involved with high schoolers for carbon dividends are taking to writing uh, to the, address their representatives and, you know, urge them to, to look at carbon, carbon pricing and to look towards carbon dividends as, uh, you know, the ultimate solution to climate change.
1: And what, so have you been to Capitol Hill? Have you, well, I guess people aren't really going anywhere yet these days. Are you reaching out to lawmakers? Have you guys had any personal experience doing that?
2: Yes. So actually once we launched, we sent uh, an email with a briefing into every congressional office um, on Capitol Hill, uh, got a good amount of responses from different lawmakers. And actually at our launch event uh, was Representative Scott Peters and former Representative Ryan Costello. Um, and so we had that sort of inter- those interactions with lawmakers, um, you know, in person at the launch event, and then made sure to continue it through uh, through emails to the office. office.
1: Would you say that that people are rather receptive then? And and I'm thinking, you know, from both sides of the aisle, right? We need, in order for um, climate action to be durable, we need it to be bipartisan, and so we really need both sides of the aisle coming together. And while You have achieved that at High Schoolers for Carbon Dividends in creating this coalition that is bipartisan. The um, folks on Capitol Hill are not as adept at that. (laughs) And so I'm sort of wondering if you, you know what the outreach has been like to those that identify a little bit more right of center, if you know, and whether you feel like you're taken seriously as high schoolers. So I guess those are two separate questions that are both kind of big. I'll let you figure out how you want to answer them or the order you want to answer them. Um, yeah, yeah. I can.
3: Oh, thanks. Um, I guess I can speak to the the more conservative side of it. So I'm, you know, a conservative. I've um I've always been. I've worked on different campaigns, and so, um, I remember I think last summer I had I was working on um, Congressman Katko's campaign. Um, and I had, you know, I was a uh, vice president at the time and, um, and I had been working on it and I was in his office and I, you know, talked to him about it just because I thought, you know, it's the right place at the right time. And, um, and, you know, he had entertained it pretty energetically. I think he was talking about, um, you know, appreciating that it, that it looks at climate more from a market-based perspective than, you know, asking people to, to change their way societally and, you know. You no know, plastic straws and whatever, but really looking at it from um, how can we look at this? You know, economically versus socially. Um, but just in my experience with him, he he took it very seriously, and I know uh, Rowie can talk more about um, his experiences with that. But and I think the fact that we can bring together 700 plus students from across the country that think very differently. I've talked to people with extremely different opinions, and you know, some of my own being. Um, you know, very different. I think the fact that 700 students can come together and we can form a coalition. Hopefully this is a model for, for Capitol Hill.
1: I am with you. I hope that lawmakers are looking at what you're, what you've done. And, and I do think there are, I was a little tongue in cheek because I'm old and jaded, but the, you know, the infrastructure group in the Senate that came together to, negotiate an infrastructure package where you had equal numbers on both sides of the aisle coming together and and working out their issues and i think we need to see more of that kind of model especially in a really super closely divided um body of of um congress so yeah and Roe, really if you want to respond to the question that katherine just did that would be great too
2: yeah, I think I think Catherine hit a lot of the really important points about the bipartisanship of high real carbon dividends and the model that we've been able to create for lawmakers um, of you know what it means to work with people who totally disagree with you on everything except for one issue and still being able to focus on that issue um, and you know do something about it in a way that's pointed and uh, effective. So um, you know we have always made bipartisanship our emphasis number one. Um, I think it's something that lawmakers, from my experience, at least uh, in, you know, speaking with them, have really appreciated, um, seeing that, you know, young people, you know, regardless of of where they're from or what their political upbringing is, uh, have been able to to come together and speak on this. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, like Catherine, I've always felt like, you know, politicians have, have for the most part, been listening to us, uh, especially because, you know, we were able to really assemble this coalition and the showing of force or show of force of, you know, spelling bee champions and, and student body presidents and all sorts of uh, high school leaders that uh, really, you know, hold some way behind them. So
1: and I was going to say you're the future leaders, but you're the current, your current leaders. You're not future leaders, right? You're out there taking a leadership role on an issue that is important to you. And someday you could have one of those jobs if you so aspire. So I I do think that starting out at this point in your lives and having that experience will only benefit you as you and us as a nation and society as you grow older and figure out what paths you want your careers to take, and I just think it's great. I'm, I'm applauding you guys from my home office here. Um, I'm wondering if somebody wants to join, somebody, some high schooler or maybe some parent who knows they have a high schooler interested in climate change and in the carbon dividend plan is listening to this, is it too late to join? Or are you limited to your 700 co-founders or can anyone participate?
2: No, we would love to include anyone who wants to participate. Um, I think the best step to do so would be to visit our website, uh, hs4cd.org. Um, on the top right, there's a big join us button, and there's an opportunity to get involved even at this stage. Um, definitely looking for more co-founders. I think, like we mentioned earlier, what makes hs 4 cd so special is its inclusivity and uh, its ability to bring people uh, into the climate discussion who haven't been there before. So if there are any listeners, definitely feel free to check out HS4CD, and we'd love to, we'd love to have you.
1: Great, and what is next for you? Are you both high school students or graduated high school already?
3: Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a senior this year. Uh,
1: class of 22. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to go to college. Have you figured that out?
3: Um, yeah, I've been, I've been going through the process. We finished some college visits, so trying to narrow my search, but I don't have a, a top right now.
2: You don't um,
3: have a top. Huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I can figure that out soon.
2: Really. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm a I'm a freshman in college right now. So You're a freshman. Freshman. yeah. Where do attend school? I go to Columbia.
1: My son is uh has put University of Wisconsin as his number one, so we haven't been out to visit yet, but hopefully mm-hmm. we'll. Well, thank you both so much for everything that you do, and um, just it makes me feel better knowing that the the next generations are coming forward and. You know, I hope that we don't have to wait until you're my age to have things solved, because then we'll be too far down the road. But I just feel good knowing that you're there. And I think you really are are influential to what happens here in Washington. You're going to move the dial. And I just appreciate so much all your efforts and your passion and wish you well for whatever comes next.
2: Thank you so much. I also want to take a real quick second just to thank you for having us, Bob Inglis and the Republican team. We were so inspired by the work that you guys do. And um, I know that so much of our coalition was Uh, also inspired by everything that you all do. So thanks for having us. It was really a pleasure. And uh, yeah, looking forward to chatting soon, maybe.
3: Yeah, it was great to meet you.
1: So Price, I just have to say, I'm so proud of our guests this week. These young, the next generation of leaders. And I don't even like to say that because they're leading now. But Catherine, who is a senior in high school, so she's Colin's age, being a co-founder of High Schoolers for Carbon Dividends, and then um, Rowie as well, who was a high schooler when he started the effort to create High Schoolers for Carbon Dividends, and he's now a freshman at Columbia. It just makes me feel like I can retire someday because they are up and coming and they are going to change the world, I'm sure of it.
0: Yeah. What gets you excited is when you see young people engaged in things they're passionate about, you know, it, it, you know in high school and even college, you know, to get involved and try to make a difference in, in, you know, in causes and issues like this, especially when you're so young in high school. I mean, you haven't even uh, you haven't even seen the world in a lot of ways yet.
1: Well, definitely. And then not in the last couple of years. Right. Like all travel opportunities, study abroad, any of that kind of thing have been curbed. And so, but, you know, the, the thing I have really come to realize just being somebody who observes teenagers on the regular is that they're just so much more globalized than we were growing up, right? They... And that's because of the Internet. They can see images of places, whatever they think of. Oh, uh, what does Turkey look like? They can get on the Internet and see pictures. Or if they hear of a place, they can find it. We had an old world map that I could go look at. But a lot of times maps get outdated. And so anyway, it's just really refreshing.
0: All right. Before we go any further, tell everybody who we got next week.
1: Um, Next week is going to remain a mystery because I am still working it out.
0: I like mysteries. It's a good time for those being uh It's October, Halloween, right? That, that, it's October. That's so right. we got
1: to have some intrigue here.
0: <laughs> All right. want to thank our new members, Republican.org forward slash join for joining and standing with us. Gayla H. in Illinois, Arthur B. in Florida, Diana H. in New Mexico, Nancy V. in Texas, Marcia C. in Kansas. Again, Republican.org forward slash join. Those are the ways that you can stand with us. Chelsea, tell them what they win. If you do stand with Uh, us, which we need
1: you. They win an email from me every week. They win the chance to be part of this community and to know they're not standing alone.
0: All right. Let's get to our Ask Bob Anything, this week's question. We'll let Bob have the answer. And this week's question is? Bob, what forms of environmental activism do you think are most accessible for eco-right conservatives? All right, Bob, take it away. Here's Bob Inglis, our executive director with this week's Ask Bob Anything.
4: I wonder if the kind of environmental activism that would be most accessible to conservatives uh, is described in Jonathan Haidt's work that would indicate that we conservatives are particularly concerned about the purity of the earth, the cleanliness of the earth. I saw this recently with a conservative member of Congress concerned about water quality. Uh, And it occurred to me that uh, a focus on water quality in that particular case might lead us to a discussion of the air, because it's pretty clear, you know, we don't want people, say, dumping their sewage into our rivers and streams. And we probably don't want them dumping their CO2 pollution or uh, other small particulates uh, into the air either. Um, And so maybe that's a point of entry. I think it has to do mostly with that concept of the purity of the earth and cleanliness, something that resonates, I think, with many conservatives.
0: All right. Thanks, Bob. And if you would like to ask a question, ask Bob anything, you can do so on the Apple Podcast app. Just go to reviews, give us a five star rating, we hope, and then in the comment section, put your question or questions right there. We will try and get to them on an upcoming episode. And your questions are always valuable feedback and uh, gives us food for thought, and certainly gives Bob uh, something to think about. And love, we love to get him integrated and involved in the weekly podcast. So. Get those questions moving. Keep them coming. Let us know. Again, the Apple Podcast app. Um, If you're not an Apple uh, user on your iPhone or um, iPad, if you don't have one of those, um, you could submit it to to Chelsea or I, or you could tweet us. Um, You could tweet your question there. We'll take any and all questions, but that is the easiest way to do it on the Apple Podcast app when you uh, write a review.
1: That's right. I mean, there are so many ways to reach out. Um, we don't need to be a one-trick pony. If uh, if writing on the Apple Podcast app is not your jam, you can email us the old-fashioned way. You know what? You can even write us a letter. Right, Price?
0: Any way you can get to us because there are a myriad of ways on social media, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, emailing Messenger
1: us. Messenger pigeons. <laughs>
0: you can, yeah, you can even put a message in a bottle and see if you can find somewhere uh, in the middle of South Carolina or Virginia. So um, make sure you download, listen, subscribe. We appreciate all our listeners and subscribers every single week, downloading and listening, um, all the feedback, and but your listenership uh, means the most. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts, certainly, as we just told you. But also if you're an Android user, Spotify is an easy way to get us um, a Google Podcasts. Many different ways. Just go to your favorite podcast app slash platform and search Eco Right Speaks. We are not hard to find. We are
1: not hard to find. So please join us. We need you.
0: All right. Until next week, we will talk to you then, Chelsea. All right. Take
1: care, Price.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Eco Right Speaks podcast brought to you by the team at RepublicEN.org. Make sure to visit RepublicEN.org to learn more and find out how you can be a local eco-right leader.